Kessler here from Grunthal. Paul Kingsley with the 30-second board to five. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallup. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fox Racing Canada, Phoenix Handlebars, Guts Racing, 204 Skate Shop, and Throttle Syndicate make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Fox Racing Canada. You can go to the website right now, peruse all of the best, most protective outerwear for both on the track and off the track. My good friend JC Sites over in Calgary would be happy to let you know that there's a brand new boot coming down the way. You want to look for those brand new instincts for the 2023 models, uh, the, my the young lady on the line has probably already gotten a chance to wear a pair of those. Lucky her. But this podcast is also brought to you by Phoenix Handlebars and Guts Racing. Andy Gregg over at Guts needs you to give him a call. You need a new seat cover. Let's be honest. You've probably been, it's been way too long since you put a new seat cover on the, on your bike. Maybe you've got multiple bikes that need seat covers. Call up Andy Gregg. That guy will help you out and get you hooked up. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with me on the line, the 56 in your program, number one in your hearts after she wins titles at Loretta's, the WMX champion for 2022, Sophie Phillips. Sophie, how's it going? Doing so well. How are you, Brad? Hey, not doing too bad. Anytime that I can talk to a Loretta's champion, a current champion, uh, and a strong female in the sport of motocross i'll always dial them up you've got a great story girl and uh pleasure to have you on the show show again thank you so much so let's get straight straight through this for those who aren't just absolutely glued to amateur motocross or wmx in general who the heck is sophie phelps well you know that's that's kind of a large question um, but just kind of like a, a short bio, I'm 19, I'm from Southern Utah, and I've been racing since I was five, so it's been a little while, but I've been going to Loretta's, uh, I've been lucky enough to go every year since 2016, so I've been just working it, you know, trying to get closer and closer to a championship every year. Last year was the first year that I won a championship, and that was also in the women's class, and then this year was in um was my second go round so yeah it's been pretty crazy but i mean if there's anything specific you want to know about me i can tell you but yeah well how does a young lady like yourself uh southern utah get into the sport of motocross and uh how did uh the the pegs of that dirt bike sink its teeth into you and never let go because motocross is a sport that gets into your veins uh it gets into your blood and uh, honestly for the most part it never leaves there's a lot of people who step away from the sport most of the time they find themselves right back into it or still follow it at uh, at the at a, the next level and uh who are some of the ra- racers that you looked up to as well as battled with over in Utah? 
yeah, motocross certainly is addicting. Um, it started, let's see, my dad raced when he was in his 20s. So he kind of just rode around as a teenager. And then in his 20s, he um, raced as just a, he got up to be a, a fast local pro. And then um, when, after he and my mom got married, they had me, I'm the oldest child and my dad wanted his kids to ride with them. Ideally sons was, you know, kind of his, the picture he had in his mind. But um, that's that was right before women's motocross was about to take off. So he didn't realize that, you know, once I saw Ashley Filek and Jessica Patterson, that I was I would be hooked. So, yeah, I started riding when I was four and he would just kind of take me out to the desert. We don't have a lot of tracks around here. that, are, um, And our our closest track is 40 minutes away, which is hard to complain, but it hasn't always been there and it's not always open. Um so yeah, just a lot of time riding in the desert, and uh, I eventually got sick of ballet. My mom kind of wanted me to be a dancer, and so I told them that that was boring after many years of them trying to get me hooked on that, um, and uh, yeah, I just, I was always wanting to go fast, so yeah, uh, I just kept riding on my dirt bike, and I wasn't particularly fast, but it was enjoyable for a long time, and then um some of our friends said, Hey, you guys should really try and go to Loretta's. I bet she could qualify. So we gave that a shot. But, um, as far as like female role models, definitely, uh, Ashley Filek, like I said before, um, I think she was a lot of girls heroes when they were younger. So I remember going to the championship round of the last, um, let's see the last year of the full series of WMX with, when they did it with the men here in the U.S. So I think that was 2011 or 2012, but it was at Lake Elsinore in California. I remember watching Ashley and Jessica battle it out. They came in to the last round, I think, like tied in points or something. It was wild. But, yeah, I always loved watching them. Um, And then we've always had fast women in Utah. We've been really lucky. So, um, yeah, I remember watching Dakota Palmer, and she was always so fast. I thought she was the coolest ever. And Taylor Allred, who um, now we compete uh, regularly at all of the big races, but she was always so fast when we were little, and I was so not. So I I loved watching her. But, yeah, they were some of my favorite role models. So it sounds like you were Team Filek over Team Patterson. They had quite the battles uh, in throughout the, the mid and late 2000s into the 2010s there. Um, yeah, so like, like Ashley Filek is an absolutely fantastic role model, someone who uh, stood her ground when it, when, when it came to uh, wanting to get uh, paid from the sport of motocross and, and turn some serious heads. I think she's maybe one of the most talented that uh, the sport has ever had. Um, what does it mean to you to be able to uh, inspire young ladies now yourself being 19 years old, probably similar to the same age where uh, you were looking up to Ashley uh, and, and and now thinking about that, um, does that ever like uh, kind of um, creep into your mind as, as like uh, I, if I'm, if I'm going to be a uh, influential person or if I'm going to be someone that people look up to, am I going to act any different or I'm going to think about my choices a little bit differently as well? Yeah, that's really interesting that you asked that because that's kind of been like a big thing on the forefront of my mind the past um, few weeks. And I mean, honestly, the past few years, but like, yeah, the past few weeks, my parents and I have been talking about that a lot. Um, 
So I hope I hope that I don't have to act any different to be a good role model. But I think it definitely when I'm thinking about it, I I try and choose um, maybe you know choose my words uh, more carefully and do something that I would want you know want the younger kids to see. Um, so yeah, I genuinely love all of the little girls that race. So like at Loretta's, I try and go talk to as many of them as I can before the girls class starts and whatever, because I remember being there where they were. Um, I've seen, as far as Loretta's goes specifically, I've seen the highs and the lows of the ranch um, in the seven years that I've been going. So, um, you know, I'll go talk to the girls and some of them will tell me about, you know, their week's not been so great or someone else will say that their week has been fantastic and I can relate to almost every situation they've been in. So I, yeah, I love talking to them. And it honestly, it almost makes me like choke up when I think about them looking up to me because it's crazy. Um, it kind of hit me yesterday. I was like, wow, okay. So you have two championships from um, Loretta's now. So thinking back on when I first went there, the girls who had any championships or were up front at all, um, I remember thinking they were just the coolest people. So yeah, yesterday I was thinking about that. I was like, man, someone, someone might think that about you. And that's, it's crazy to think about, but um, I think it's really humbling in um, some sort of way that, that now I am where, where these heroes of mine were, you know, um, Jordan Jarvis and Jasmine Canfield and Hannah Hodges when I first started coming to the ranch. So, um, and I guess when I first started really paying attention to amateur women's racing. So yeah, it's, it's humbling and uh, just, it's so cool. So cool to think that I could um, inspire or influence these younger girls. So yeah. That's awesome. Great answer to that here. Uh, Sophia Phelps, the 56 in your program, number one when she goes back to Loretta's with uh, that WMX title. Uh, Sophia, take take us through the the the, uh, the preparation to go back to the ranch. Uh, it's kind of an annual thing for you now. Uh, like you, you've got your 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 regionals and your area qualifiers planned out. Um, like, how do you sort of structure uh, training as well as just like sort of your your race like schedule, the calendar that you're going to hit, and uh, and also working with some top flight uh, sponsors along the way. Kawasaki, obviously a big help, and uh, you, you switched gear brands from last year. Now you're uh, you're head to toe Fox, and uh, in my opinion, looking better than ever. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, Fox has been super helpful, and so has Kawasaki. So yeah. Um... I am very grateful for their help and all of the other sponsors' help. Um, we do go into the year and we look at, you know, we've talked to different sponsors, you know, like, okay, what races do you want to see us at? And we're definitely open to taking suggestions from them. Um, a lot of my planning goes around my school schedule, which is, um, I don't know that you see a whole lot of that in the motocross industry. And I think that's because, you know, the boys don't necessarily need to go to college if, if they're lined up to go pro. Um, so yeah, I finished my freshman year of college in May. So I'm going into my sophomore year here in a few weeks, but, uh, we try and plan our races around the times when it's best, um, 
for my schedule. So if, if there's a break, that's when I'll try and hit a race or, um, you know, when I know that school's going to be really busy, I'll try and hit the races nearby. Um, and then I can obviously make exceptions. I can talk to professors and whatnot to try and get um, some time off for, for the bigger races that I have to hit, can't get around. Um, so yeah, I've been really lucky that like uh, spring nationals, for example, Freestone and underground are one of them is always over the week of spring break. So we have an entire week off of school and uh, that's really nice how that lines up. So, you know, I'll try and uh, work around school best I can. And then, um, so that's also how my training works. In fact, just before I got on this call, I was writing up my schedule for school and training and trying to um, mesh that together is a little bit difficult, but yeah, so I'll work with that first, um, try and form all of those things together. And I've, I've developed just um, a pretty consistent training program that's kind of come about after multiple years of training. I've found what works best and what doesn't after basically just trial and error. Um, yeah, and then it, my family and I are pretty spontaneous. So once it comes down to it, um, kind of during the summer, it's, we get back from one trip and then decide, okay, where are we headed now? So, and I mean, at the drop of a hat, we'll be somewhere else. It seems like, in fact, just today, my dad informed me that I might be leaving for a week right before school starts. So that's, you know, it's, it's very, um, just whatever happens, happens kind of leading up to Loretta's. We go to the tracks that are open. And I think a lot of it is like listening to my body and what you hear a good amount in athletic training is listening to your body. So, you know, if I, if I come back from training in California or in Idaho or wherever I am and I'm feeling tapped out, then we go based off of that and we'll take a few days off. Um, and then also just feeling what I need, you know, so um, all, if I'm riding at a track and I'm, I'm thinking, man, I haven't ridden this style of riding in a while, then we're going to focus on that. So I guess that's probably a good part of being spontaneous is that when I need something else, we are totally open to changing it immediately. So, I mean, that's how our road to Loretta's goes. And a lot of people's is much more, I think, cut and dry. You know, they're like, okay, we qualify and then we go to a training camp or a facility and we stay there the whole time. But um, I just go with whatever. A rigid program doesn't always work the best for me. I need a little bit of flexibility in my schedule. So, I can get my desert rides in or my trail rides or whatever it is. So there you go. Well, there you go. You're, uh, you're, you're in the trails, you're on the track, and uh, you're also on the track to getting yourself a great education as well. Um, like, tell me a little bit about uh, like cross training within uh, a, a place like Utah. You've got the mountains right there. I understand you, you like to uh, put on the planks and, and ski, maybe sometimes backwards. Who knows? Uh, maybe you're a little bit more on the freestyle side of things. Um, but uh, cross training and, and, uh, and, and ways that you get yourself uh, active when you're not uh, on two wheels. Oh, totally. I am all here for cross training. And sometimes that is on two wheels because I'm a huge mountain biker. That is, okay. um, yeah, probably my uh, favorite, you know, people have asked, okay, if you didn't race motocross, what would you do? And it was, it's probably mountain biking um, of some sort, whatever, you know, if that's cross country or enduro, I don't know if I could do um, road cycling. That's, a, that's a bit excessive for me, which I'll do that for training, but um, 
anyways, so I'll, I'll do a good bit of that. Um, it's like the trails in Utah are just unmatched, and people try and argue with me about that, but I'm like, like okay, come on. I live in the Rocky Mountains. People don't try and argue with me. Um, so maybe I'm biased, but they're pretty great here. So I do a lot of that, and skiing here is exceptional we do have the greatest snow on earth so again if someone wants to argue you're wrong but fair enough fair <laughs> so, enough <laughs> um yeah and hey if anyone wants to come ski with me in utah i will show you all the fun trails but yeah my siblings and i and my parents as well we all love skiing so um yeah we'll cruise around utah doing that we have a resort that's 90 minutes from us that's not so bad um and we'll go ski there ski in northern utah um, and then occasionally hit some other places as well. But yeah, in fact, my, so my most recent, uh, I guess, flex with skiing is that, so my birthday is in May, it's the beginning of May. And I told my mom for my birthday, I wanted to ski. And she was like, you are harebrained. Like, come on, we like nowhere in here is going to have snow in May. Like it's already a hundred degrees at our house and whatnot. So um, I found a ski resort that was still open in May and we went and skied my sister and I on my birthday, which was, the snow was pretty bad, but it was a great experience to ski around in t-shirts. So yeah, there you go. There's my cross training. There you go. Absolutely. That's great to hear that you're uh, uh, getting active on and off the bike. And uh, yeah, I'm a huge uh, fan of skiing. I, I competed in freestyle skiing myself growing up. Uh, I will take you up on the, that offer to uh, rip up the slopes. Um, and yeah, absolutely. We're, we're going to make that happen, girl. Um, but uh, take it, take us through the, uh, the, the week at Loretta's. Uh, it's a track that uh, only, only a few get to race. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a race that everyone has to qualify to get to go to uh once you show up you get your uh yourself situated with the campsite and then you got to put the race face on to uh to execute you did exactly that and you came away with the title how did you make it happen yeah those are all really good questions um so i was super lucky this year um quite my parents are using the word spoiled which is pretty darn accurate um that i got to fly in so they um, the way our schedule worked out, I wasn't able to come out at the same time they were. So yeah, I flew in, which I think, um, saves me a lot because I think it's hard on my body to just be in an RV, um, driving for 30 hours nonstop. And then I'm expected to like to go. Um, so just knowing myself, that's, that's hard on me to do that. So if I can stay active as long as I can leading up to the race, then that works for me. So yeah, I, let's see, I got in Saturday afternoon and then, um, Sunday we just kind of hang out. We do some track walk, sign up. Um, and then Monday's practice day. So Monday I went out for my women's practice and what do you know, but I had not torched my triple clamp bolts on my forks. So I went out and I heard a thunk and then the entire time it felt like my front end was sticky like it was just dragging down the entire entire practice and I came off and I was like dad I don't know why I was riding so bad I need to go talk to my suspension guys and sure enough I had just it was my job actually was to torque those bolts and I didn't so um so that was you know just a great way to start things off sounds like you're similar to me mechanic wise I swear I do better than that usually. I just had, um, I think 
I'm trying to remember what was going on that day. We were so busy the day that um, we were putting, like, finishing up my bike. And, yeah, so that was just, yeah, just a dumb mistake. I swear to people listening, though, seriously, I swear I'm better than that, mostly. <laughs> and anyways, so then I had, I was lucky to get one more practice because I was an alternate in another class. So that one was better. You know, it's it's got to be better once you fix your fork. So it was amazing. My suspension all of a sudden was, like, great. So, yeah, coming off of that, we were we were feeling good. Uh, going into my first race was Tuesday at 4.30, so it was hot. That was one of the hottest races that I remember having at the ranch. It was, like, mid-90 degrees, and so probably, like, 94, 95, and, like, 70% humidity, which is just really exciting, lots of fun. Um, just absolutely dripping in sweat and so yeah I pulled the 35th gate pick out of 42 which I shouldn't really complain because I could have been 42nd so at least I was 35th and I got the very inside gate so um, the way the start is set up there you have to sweep um, back into the crowd to then come out because it's so far inside so that was cool, and I did not accomplish that the way that I wanted to. So I came out, I mean, somewhere at 20th to 25th place around the first corner. So it was acceptable. And then I just um, kind of put my head down and worked through the pack and came out third. So I was I was happy enough with that. You know, that's kind of just where I wanted to be because I wasn't sure what gate pick I was going to get. So I said, okay, I just want to come out. Um, top three will set me up well enough for a championship so then my second moto was two days later on Thursday at let's see 11 30 a.m so the track was still very rough because um, they get a chance to prep the track uh, throughout the day since they have 30 minute blocks for a 20 minute moto so you know they'll prep little sections so the track is rideable by the end of the day otherwise I don't even want to think about what it would be like so at 11.30, it was still incredibly rough, uh, though not as hot, so that was nice. Um, that one I started, I believe, like somewhere in the top 10. So that was a lot better. I was able to work up to first, and then uh, I <laughs> I was getting lazy going into a corner, and I just totally let my form fail, and I um, tipped over. So that was, that was a cool thing to do while in the lead. So then um, I got past, picked up my bike, and then I was able to work back into the lead, which I knew I had to do because um, at that point it was, so it was Taylor Allred who had passed me um, and she had beat me the moto before. So I knew I had to beat her that moto if I wanted a chance going into the third moto. So then her and I went into that third moto tied and you would think with first gate pick that I would be able to pull off the start, but for some reason I was struggling all week. So I came out in, uh, probably 15th or so around the start. So it wasn't so bad. Um, but then going into the third corner, uh, all the girls in front of me, like we were slowing down a lot. And I was like, I don't, I was just trying to, you know, swerve through people. And I, so between, you know, hitting the brakes a lot and then swerving around people, um, another girl was doing the exact same thing. And I know her and I love her, so I feel really bad that this happened. But uh, we locked bars while we both, I think, were trying to swerve around different people and then tipped over. Or I guess my dad said it wasn't a tip over. It was a, it was a good tumble. So, yeah, I picked up my bike and or I stood up and I looked behind me as I was picking up my bike and there was no one there. 
Sorry, was like, no way are you sitting in last place going into a championship moto where you're tied for points. Um, and I was like, this is the most insane thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, while I was, you know, doing, looking behind me and picking up my bike, I thought, you just lost the championship. And then I kind of thought to myself, okay, so you went all summer long. And I've said this in like every interview. So if people are hearing this for like the fifth time in a row, I'm really sorry. But um, I, you know, all summer long, I have my like positive affirmations that I'll say to myself and my, um, the, yeah, basically just good things that I'm repeating to myself so that my uh, mental, my mindset going into racing is good. And I thought you didn't just do all of that all summer and all year just so you could screw it up with in half a second when you say you just lost the championship. So I was like, okay, that's, that's not how I'm going to talk to myself. So I said, yeah, you, you can do this. You can pull this off. So, um, yeah, I got on my bike, pulled a tear off and then went, I just, I started sprinting my brains out. So there were, uh, 39 of us who started that moto and, yeah, I picked it up in last, and when I came around the first lap, I was in 22nd. So that was insane. I'm a, That's I don't wild. know how I how I did that. You might have given some, some girls wind burn as you were going by. Dude, you know, I don't even know what I was doing. Like, I, <laughs> I have no, I have very little recollection of that first lap, and I think it's like, I was just, I don't know, I was in the zone or something, but yeah, um, my dad, my parents were both just freaking out, you know, as they do. So my mom is like standing up in the tower watching and um, she's watching everyone go by the finish and just was not seeing me. And then she saw me come around in 22nd and just, she didn't lose it. She kept her cool somewhat, but she was not happy. And my dad, um, he was also a little bit concerned. And in fact, actually, I think I think he couldn't even see me on the screen when I came around um, in the mechanics area. I don't remember exactly how it went, but I think he thought I had transponder problems because he's like, there's no way this is going on. So yeah, then I came around the second lap in 11th. So then I started popping up on everyone's screens. Um, Cause you know, like the announcers, they, uh, I think their screens in the tower only show like the top 20. So yeah, then the second lap, I come around 11th. And then people are like, okay, at least we know where she is. Um, and then Taylor, who I was going in, going to that moto, we were tied for championship. And she was in sixth at the time, I believe. So I was just, I didn't know that. I just knew she was somewhere up there because I hadn't seen her yet. And I started, you know, I had seen everyone else so far, basically. So, yeah, I just kept working. And um, all I remember, well, not all I remember, but... I just felt like I was just having a great time. Honestly, like that's what I, the biggest thing that I remember from that race is I was like, you are riding so well. Like, this is so fun. I was just every, you know, every corner that I like dive into a route, I was just enjoying it because like, this was fun. That was fast, you know? And then I'd do it again. It was fast. And so I was having a great time. And um, yeah. So then before long, I started seeing my main competitors that I was like, catching and I was like this is the most insane thing ever um and then let's see we got the halfway point and I think I was in seventh I want to say um so then I was closing in on Taylor and let's see I'm trying to remember who was right in front of her I think it was 
I want to say it was Kylie. Anyways. I think it was. Yeah, I just, I, yeah. So I, I was able to work up and just, and pass those two and then uh, the other girls in front of them. And it was like insane. But again, I just can't even believe that I pulled it off. So yeah, going into the last lap, I had no idea where I was because I was trying to not count positions. My dad would give me a pit board, but, um, but there's a good amount of track between the finish line and the mechanics area. So the, the position that he was seeing wasn't always correct because I'd go by people and I was like, not sure if those are lappers or if I'm making up positions right now. So I, I really wasn't sure where I I'm just going to keep passing um, dad. <laughs> I just keep yeah, passing yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. That's, I was like, and then, um, and then he gave me, you know, he'd give me like, you need three positions or whatever. So I'm, but I'm like, okay, cool. And then so I passed one or two girls that lap, and then I came around and it still said you need three positions. And I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I don't care how many positions I need. I just am gonna keep going because I clearly I can't trust what's going on on the pit board anymore. <laughs> so, and I feel bad because I keep giving him crap when I'm talking about that. But it's true. I was like, Dad, what what are we doing? This doesn't make any sense to me. So, yeah, I just kept passing. And then going into the last lap, I w- still had no idea where I stood. Um, and I made one pass on the last lap. It was Corey because she tipped over. And then I was coming to exit the track. Or I was coming around the finish line. And he was still waving the white flag. The flagger was. And there were a few lappers in front of me and I was like, okay, maybe we're getting a second white flag. And then, you know, he was about to, he was pulling out of the checkered kind of when they have to do two really quick. Um, and I was like, checkered flag. I was like, who's getting the checkered flag? So I'm thinking, okay, it's I'm, no one's right in front of me that would be getting the checkered flag, you know? And I was like, there's whoever is winning the race hasn't come around to lap me. Um, because I knew I certainly wasn't losing that amount of time while I was riding. So I'm just confused out of my brain. And and then I look over at the guy, and he puts the checker down, like weighs it in front of me. So I kind of – I actually hit the brakes going into that, um, like into the finish line area, and I looked over at him while he was giving me the checkered flag, and he like nodded his head like, yeah, you idiot, this flag is yours. And I, I couldn't believe it. So I come off the track, and I was like looking around to make sure I didn't – accidentally get off at the wrong time and it was the right time to get off i it was the craziest thing ever and i still can't believe it i don't know how i pulled it off but um yeah so there you go it was 311 by some insane miracle 311 going last to first like james stewart back in 03 at bud's creek no big deal kawasaki and fox were the only two common denominators there um congratulations that's got to feel good uh you you've done it like you mentioned you've done a ton of these interviews since uh, a ton of attention towards uh, uh women's motocross which we talked off air about how important that is a, a great market segment that is for in my opinion ignored by a lot of marketers um how important is it to you to to take advantage of these opportunities to to do these interviews and uh, and make a great impression on uh, some impressionable young ladies similar to the question i asked you earlier but just just about just putting so much more uh emphasis on uh on, on giving women's motocross a voice and um and giving women someone to look up to I think um, it's really important, and it has it. This has provided me a lot of opportunities to talk to many different people on different platforms um, about the race and what's what's been going on. So I think, let's see, 
I think it, this is best posed, you know, if I'm thinking when I was a younger girl, if I would hear someone that I was looking up to um, on a show or a podcast, whatever it is, then then I feel like it's it's very encouraging. Like, no way. She she can do that. I can do that. Right. Because that's always been my mindset. And I hope that's a 100%. younger girl's mindset, too, is if she can do that, then I can, too. And in fact, why why can't I just do it better? You know, <laughs> I was always like that. Um, just okay well yeah I, I'm gonna do what she did but but probably a little bit better so I I hope that you know long, younger girls are listening to this and and saying wow wow that's that's cool that she won these you know two championships that's awesome I'm gonna win three you know like I want them to like listen and I think being inspired is cool but I also want them to like one-up me because it's like okay well the best way for women's motocross to improve is for us to also improve so, um, yeah, I hope it inspires them in that sort of way. There you go. That's the carrot, young ladies. Uh, for those listening, uh, Sophia wants you to chase her down, uh, knock down all of her records, and uh, and, and go 1-1-1 uh, uh, at Loretta's one day. Um, last thing I have for you, and this is sort of off-topic, but you had the opportunity to uh, um, put a little bit of a diversity into the number of uh, different motorcycles that you get to swing a leg over. Uh, Chris Kiefer over at Kiefer Inc. Tested give you an opportunity to uh, shake down uh, all of the manufacturers uh, and, and weigh in. Um, how important was that? to you to be able to uh to, to do that be looked at be looked upon as someone who uh knows how to shake down a motorcycle and uh and represent uh female racing in doing so oh that was a really cool opportunity yeah he had me do it in the let's see it was the honda and the yamaha the new 250s they had out and yeah. so after coming off of the cowie and then i've ridden the ktm before so that's great because that covers the husky and the gas gas as well um, I don't know what you're talking so, about. Those are different brands. <laughs> um, actually, I will say that I, my, I felt like they were different on super minis, but I think it was the seat height is what we decided it was. Fair so, enough. you know, that's a, that's a topic for a different day. But um, yeah, it was, it was really cool to be able to do that. I've kind of, not that I've like always wanted to be a test rider, but it was cool to see what they do because I've always, um, I've always really respected what they're able to do. So, yeah, it was a cool opportunity to go out and just, um, okay, how comfortable can I get on a bike in, you know, maybe an hour that I spent on each, but probably not quite that. Um, yeah, it was awesome because, and it's it's good because I've heard people say different things about different bikes, you know, okay, so the Yamaha has a lot of um, torque on the bottom end and, you know, it shoots straight as an arrow through breaking bumps, whatever it is. So I went out there and I was like, okay, I'm going to see if they're right or wrong and, um, so I was able to feel out exactly what that was. And then to compare it to my bike as well, because going into or coming into this season, um, I really liked the Cowie. I didn't have any reason to want to change, but um, you always wonder, is, it, is this the best, right? Like, do I, am I on the best bike for me? So I think it was really good to try out both of those because, um, yeah, because I wanted to know if I was on the best one. So I really liked the Honda the best out of those two and I think it is because it felt similar to the Cowie in a lot of ways um but yeah it actually it definitely strengthened my um faith per se in the Cowies because um I rode those and I liked them I felt that I could be competitive on any of them but it kind of made me like my bike 
the best because I, it made me realize that I really like it. So yeah, it was cool to, to have that opportunity to try them out and to kind of hopefully put myself out there is like, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to come test things or do whatever. Um, and it's always great to hang out with the keepers. So they're really helpful in a lot of my racing. Well, there you go. And uh, yeah, that, that's really encouraging to, uh, uh, you talked about uh, words of affirmation. Uh, maybe that was the, the bikes of affirmation, letting you know that uh, the green machine is the one to stay on. Um, Sophia, this, this was so much fun. Uh, I really appreciate you making the time to come on the podcast to uh, discuss uh, just you as an athlete, uh, your aspirations going forward and, uh, and your season so far aboard uh, uh, your Kawasaki. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Uh, final words you have, uh, like any advice you have for young, uh, young athletes, met, uh, young, young men or women uh, listening who, uh, who want to get better at the sport of motocross and enjoy it just like you do. Oh man, this is, so this is my favorite question. And another one that I've been talking about um, or, you know, had my mind on for the past week or so is that, okay, if I were to go back and, you know, talk to my younger self, what would I say to her? What advice does, do I think she needs to hear? And I think, so first off, it's that your time will come. So I think younger athletes, I think sometimes we are way stressing about why am I not the fastest right now? Um, why are they doing better right now? Whatever it is, your time will come. If you keep working, you will make it to the front, you know, sort of thing. So um, I think I could have used that and remembered that. I think that would have helped me out in a lot of different times and I know this isn't like something to help with racing in fact it I mean some people might think it turns in the opposite direction but um I think the other thing that I would have loved to hear when I was younger and maybe needed to hear is that um you like how do I let's see how do I phrase this being a motocross racer is the least important thing about you I think every person has such a cool story and such a cool personality. And there's so many great aspects to a person um, that if you start attaching your worth as a person to your abilities as a racer, it gets um, dangerous. So when I was, I've had different times when I was younger and this isn't so much a problem anymore. um, But I remember just really not loving myself as much as I should have. And I I thought I was a great person and whatnot, but um, I would go to races and I was, I was nervous to talk to people and I didn't want to do things around people. I didn't want to be seen by people Um, just really almost like anxious um, all the time because I thought I wasn't as good as everyone else, period. Like not, and it's because I, I thought that, I needed to be good on a dirt bike to be a good person. So those that's like, it doesn't even, it's not advice like, Oh, train hard or whatever. But I think, um, I think mentally that's what I needed to hear was that being a dirt bike racer is the least important thing about me and that I was so cool in so many other ways. So that's what I feel like I, as a young athlete needed to hear. So maybe it doesn't help anyone. Maybe it helps one person, but there you go. That's what I need to get out there. I absolutely love it. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, a lot of people uh, validate themselves through their, their results, 
and that's all that it is and like how 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 well you race or this that and the other thing um you, i think you hit the nail on the head great advice girl and uh, hopefully somebody gets a gets a lot out of that uh and and uh, know that they themselves they're they're enough and uh and they're worth celebrating uh regardless of uh, of their results on two wheels heck uh lord knows i have i've enjoyed and loved this sport uh for 20 years now and uh i'm looking at all three trophies that i've earned uh <laughs> two of of which were just this last weekend um on my mantle Good. so hell yeah so um yeah this this was so much fun uh sophia i really hope that uh we can uh welcome you back on the podcast uh perhaps after uh minios or or something else along those lines uh and we'll, we'll, we'll keep uh closer tabs on you as we move forward but i appreciate you making some time today yeah thank you so much it's been a pleasure talking to you Awesome. Well, do not hang up just yet, but for podcast's sake, we'll cut it off right there.